This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. Welcome back to the Dog Check Podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Adams, and I'm here to cover all things dog pound in Cleveland for you. Make sure, go give the Twitter account a follow, at dogcheckpod. It's always going to be follow back, guys. Uh, Same goes for my personal account, at chandleradams11. I want to thank all of you listening right now. Uh, Our Twitter account broke. We're at about 230 followers right now. Guys, I've only had it up for four or five days. That's amazing. Thank you all so much. Uh, Keep retweeting. uh, Keep the action going there. I want to reach as many people as possible. And I know we're in a slower part of the season. But that's where us true fans really grind it out. This is is exciting because this is the first time we've been able to talk about the Browns in the offseason. But anyway, some really exciting things coming soon to the show. Um, I'll let you guys know as soon as that happens. Apple is still in the review process. Uh, they said it should have been done. Tomorrow's the latest it's supposed to be done, so I'll keep you updated on that. But anyway, this is episode three, Baker in the Kitchen. Uh, hope you guys have what I have like what I have planned for you. So the first thing that I want to talk about in this episode is something that has been grinding my gears the question around the media can Freddie Kitchens handle all the personalities in the locker room that's just a bogus question alright for starters the Browns have added no locker room personalities in a negative light if I just went through the key acquisitions this year that the Browns got OBJ, Sheldon Richardson, Kareem Hunt, Olivier Vernon. Uh, And then you have like the kind of second tier of veterans that aren't really a key addition. Morgan Burnett, Eric Murray, Eric Cush, but I don't know if he'll make the 53-man roster. None of these guys have ever had problems in the locker room. The only one that's ever had a problem with a coach and their professional career is OBJ. And that's because they were holding him back. He should have been more mad than he was. I give all the credit in the world to Odell for handling that situation like he did. He had a terrible quarterback, and they wouldn't move on from him because he won a Super Bowl eight years ago or whenever it was. They had a coach that didn't like him because he had a personality. He wasn't just another guy. 
Not to mention Shermer's offenses suck. Oh, and the owner said we we didn't pay Odell to trade him. And then you traded him right away. He's now coming to a city. Oh, not to mention that the city of New York didn't always seem to have his back for whatever reason. Now you're coming to a city that the cops were getting called because people were going crazy in the streets because we got we traded for Odell. It's not that he scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not that he threw a 60-yard bomb to Jarvis Landry. It's not that he returned a punt in a big game. It's that we traded for him. And the cops were called because people were in the streets. You're coming to an offense with a quarterback that has proven time and time again that accuracy will not fault him. If Odell has Baker Mayfield to start his career, do we even know Odell as the one-handed catch? Or do we just know him as 2,000 yards a year and 15 touchdowns plus? You come to a coach that's running an offense based on what he has. What I mean by that is he goes up to people in the middle of the game, he goes up to his offense on the sidelines. What do you guys want to run? What is working for you guys? What do you feel comfortable with? That's going to make him flourish. And then, last but not least, you have a general manager that was willing to go and get one of the most polarizing athletes in the world. He has your back. OBJ doesn't have locker room problems. And OBJ won't be a problem in any aspect on this team. Reason one, Cleveland fans already love him and he hasn't even set foot on first energy. Reason two, the coach loves him because he loves good players like any coach should. Reason three, he has a quarterback that doesn't suck. In fact, he has a quarterback that fits his needs about as well as any quarterback does in the NFL. There's a stat by PFF. Baker Mayfield was in the top three for accuracy and efficiency on slant routes. Well, with that same stat, they do the wide receivers, and it just so happens that Odell Beckham Jr. was the best slant receiver in the NFL last year. It also just happens to be that Baker Mayfield is one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL, according to PFF and stats. Well, just so happens OBJ is also one of the best deep threat receivers. We've seen time and time again Baker Mayfield thrive with receivers that can run after the catch. And we've seen time and time again that Baker May that excuse me Odell Beckham is one of the best yards after catch receivers. OBJ will not be a personality problem in the land. In fact, he's going to make his entire team better. Mark my words.
So then we move on to who else might be a locker room problem? Kareem Hunt? We saw the video of him. Surely he must be a locker room problem. Off the field, Kareem Hunt's got some serious issues he needs to work out. We all saw the video. It was terrible. It was disgusting. Makes you sick. But speaking locker room-wise, they did an interview with Patrick Mahomes, and Kareem Hunt was everyone's best friend. So that's not going to be an issue. Off the field, they'll have to monitor him, but that's not Kitchen's main responsibility. They have people set up for that. Sheldon Richardson, locker room problem? Nope, teammates have always loved him. Always loved him. Olivier Vernon, locker room problem? Guys, he might be mute. I've never heard him talk. I don't even know what he sounds like. The Browns will not have locker room problems. You, When you think of Odell, you think, I'm going to use words that make me sound like I'm 80 years old. You think hip. You think young. You think uh, he's cool. He does he know he does every, whatever he does everyone wants to do. He he got the blonde hair. People got the blonde hair. He did the one-handed catch. People now try to do one-handed catches all the time. The dude's got more Instagram followers than I can even that just blows my mind. Eli Manning's not that. I think Eli Manning, I think of a 40-year-old dad in Wranglers and a white t-shirt at a barbecue. Those those two don't mix well. I think of Baker Mayfield though. I think swagger, moxie. You know, he's confident. He's confident in himself like OBJ. OBJ wore a damn skirt to the Met Gala for God's sake. That's confidence. It's not my kind of fashion, but it's confidence nonetheless. Baker and OBJ together. With Jarvis? Guys. Oh. They're the same type of people. Joe Thomas said it best. They're, they listen to the same music. They hang out with the same people. They do the same things. And the most importantly, they're two really good football players. And they are perfect for each other on the football field. So I don't want to hear any more of this. Can Freddie Kitchens handle all the locker room personalities? That's lazy, lazy reporting or whatever, analyzing, whatever you want to call it. There's not going to be locker room personalities. And if anybody were fit to handle it for the Browns, it'd be a guy as real as Freddie Kitchens who wears his emotions on his sleeves and tells you exactly what he's thinking. He's not here to beat around the bush with you. He's here to get things done. Tell you the truth. So that's that was uh, that's been something that's been nagging on me. If you want to read more about it, I uh, did do an article. The uh, it's on it's on the Twitter page. Uh, next thing I want to talk about. Stay on the subject of OBJ. Why not? He's awesome. Do I justify, or should we justify, Odell's comments about wanting to be the next Patriots? Hell yeah! 
I don't give a dang if you're a Browns fan, Steelers fan, uh, Los Angeles Rams fan. If you see Odell saying, I want to be like the Patriots, you should nod your head and say, all right, Odell, go put in the work. Prove it. Odell didn't say the Browns are the next Patriots. People are misconstruing his words. He said, I want to be the Patriots. I want to be a dynasty. I want to win with the same team year after year. If you're a Browns fan, oh, it's making me want to book a hotel in Atlanta or wherever it is. Atlanta, New Orleans, Florida. Seems like it's always down there. He's not saying we are the Patriots. If he were saying that, yeah, I wouldn't justify that. The Patriots are special. The Patriots and the salary cap era doing what they've done. Granted, their quarterback's wife is worth more than all the NFL almost. <laughs> um, but what they've done is amazing. But what people always seem to forget is the Patriots didn't just, they weren't born the Patriots. They sucked. Robert Kraft bought them and they sucked. And he'll tell it. He says it all the time. This kind of goes along with the Browns are going to Brown. They're still the Browns. Cut that out. This is not the same team. This Charlie Fry is in our quarterback. Uh, not the same team, but Mike Penton, Hugh Jackson, they're not our coaches. Travis Benjamin isn't our wide receiver number one. Jo Joe Hayden isn't our best defensive player, which was just laughable. This is a real team. We should be excited. We should be loving that a player as good as Odell, one of the best receivers, going to be one of the going to be best receivers of all time. A receiver that's had one of the best starts in the history of any sport. In his prime. Getting traded from the biggest market in the country. To one of the smallest. And he says, I want to build a dynasty with these guys. They haven't ever been to a Super Bowl. But I want to be, I, want to, I don't want people to remember Jim Brown anymore. I want them to remember Baker and Odell. We should be loving it. I'm soaking in every second of it. You never know with injuries. and You never know what's going to happen. Soak it in now. Don't be a sourpuss about it. OBJ wants to be here. That's all that matters. So I do justify his comments. Next. I had six really good listener questions. So I didn't want to spend too much time freaking out about my Odell and Freddie Kitchens rant. Sorry, I had to do it. So I wanted to go over these listener questions. I'm not doing these in any particular order, you know, best or worst. Just doing them when I received the tweet. So the first one was from my good buddy Jack Herrick. Uh, go give him a follow. I think his ad is Jack Rules. But, uh... He's been in my mentions, guys. Uh, go give him a follow. Super good dude. 
he said I should talk about kind of the the different uh fantasy players this year, like who kind of who to buy into. And I'm paraphrasing his tweet because I don't have it pulled up. Sorry, Jack. But around the league, I'll kind of do that first. So with fantasy, I don't do fantasy often, guys, but I I know enough about about it to know that don't pick your quarterback early. Don't do it. Your first position you need to pick, which is kind of obvious, needs to be a receiver or a running back. And it should be your first. I, I have always done, I get two receivers, two or three receivers, two or three running backs, and then my quarterback. But the first quarterback I would take off the board might surprise you guys. I know people are going to want to say it's, it's definitely Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is damn good. Don't get me wrong. But he lost his two best weapons last year. From last year. Um, That's usually not good. And then people might say, oh, so you take Baker. No. I, th- I think that Baker will score a lot of fantasy points, but I do think there's someone a little off. No, I guess it's not too big of a jump, but Aaron Rodgers would be the quarterback I take first. I don't think right now he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Now, I think he is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Too many injuries. Never put enough around him. They don't, you know, they could have. You wasted Aaron Rodgers, I think. If we're going best quarterback in the NFL, I would say Russell Wilson at the drop of a hat. The problem is Seattle runs a 1940s offense and runs the ball 100 times a game. So Russell Wilson's limited in fantasy. And if I were to say second best quarterback in the NFL, I'd say, okay, Patrick Mahomes. But he lost Tyreek Hill. I'm assuming Tyreek Hill is gone. Guys, if Tyreek Hill is not gone, the NFL, people should protest the NFL. That's ridiculous what he did. He cannot get away with that. And you lose Kareem Hunt, who was just magnificent. He is magnificent. And what he did was wrong too, but it was not nearly as gruesome. Um, it's not nearly as cringeworthy. He still needs to be punished, which he has. Um, but if for what Kareem did, if he's eight games, guys, Tyree kills at least a year, if not suspended indefinitely forever. Just use this same word twice. Anyway. So I think my first quarterback off the board would be Aaron Rodgers. It wouldn't be in round... It would not be early. But some other quarterbacks always seem to thrive in fantasy are the guys that aren't usually... you know They don't usually lead their teams to great years. The first one off my head, Matthew Stafford. A guy that just puts up yards and touchdowns. Doesn't always translate to wins. But obviously, if you took you know, Baker or Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson, I wouldn't fault you. Those guys are great. Those guys are generational. Running backs, where it actually gets fun, the first off your board has to be Saquon. I don't think he should have been rookie of the year last year, but for Browns fans, you love that. Baker Mayfield's got a chip on his shoulder now, as if he needed one. (laughs) 
Saquon's got to be number one off the board. And number two, people might be thinking Christian McCaffrey. I would not. Cam doesn't look healthy. Their offense didn't get any better. That team's just kind of, they're in that seven, eight win purgatory. Well, they never get good draft picks, but they're not good enough to win. At least the Browns are smart when they're bad and they just suck and get the first overall pick. But anyway, number two running back still got to be Zeke, guys. Ezekiel Elliott's one of the best running backs I've ever watched with my own eyes. You know, he's up there with Adrian Peterson in Minnesota. He's up there with Jamal Charles when he had those few years of glory. Zeke and Saquon would be my first two quarterbacks, running backs off the board. Um, wide receivers. Hopkins is first comes to mind. The dude's a monster. He doesn't drop a pass, and Deshaun Watson's got a cannon. The biggest question with him is how does this offensive line look after their preseason games? You know, if your draft's before the preseason, you got to take a risk on it. The dude's great. Um, And then my second wide receiver off the board, I think, is Antonio Brown. I don't care how badly the Raiders did in the draft, which was terrible. They did terrible. I don't care how bad you think Derek Carr is. He's two years away from an MVP season. He was leading the MVP race until he snapped his leg. And Antonio Brown is productive. One of the most productive receivers in NFL history. So I'm still going to give him the benefit of doubt until he proves me wrong. I know. What well, What if Big Ben made him? Well, I don't think that you... I don't think Big Ben can lift a receiver to that height for six years straight. And tight ends, O.J. Howard and George Kittle. I Those are your two tight ends that you have to be focusing on. Uh, they're both monsters. They're young. Both should be in interesting offenses, to say the least. Unproven quarterbacks in my eyes. Jimmy G does not have a big enough sample size for me to put that much hope into him. And Jameis Winston is just, I don't even know. I don't even know where to go with that. But that's just a brief on my fantasy guys. Uh, If you have more questions, you can tweet me about it. I can talk more in depth about it. I don't play fantasy though. So I, I, I guess my heart's not really into that. But that, those are my, those would be my picks based off of just play in the NFL. Next question uh, is from Willis from the Yo on Twitter. He said I should uh, like talk about Hunt and what he's been doing to kind of redeem himself. So there was an article that uh, basically talked about how Kareem Hunt, as soon as... Uh, as soon as the Chiefs cut him, he started taking uh, alcohol rehab classes and um, a like uh, to deal with his violence, anger management kind of a uh, kind of class. And you know it doesn't stop there. He's been doing some great things in the community. He's been volunteering a lot in Cleveland this off season. Um, 
they they're trying to keep him to stay around the facility right now. The NFL is still not declared whether or not he can. I hope for his sake as a human that he can stay around the Browns because eight weeks is a long time. If you've had problems in the past, eight weeks is a very long time. So Kareem Hunt still has a lot to do before he can be looked at in the same light again. But he's taking the first steps. And that's what's important. Admitting that you f- you screwed up. <laughs> Caught myself. Admitting that you screwed up and taking those steps to make yourself better. You obviously can never take back what you've done. But people screw up. He was young. I st- still upsets me a lot what he did. And I'm not making excuses for him. I'm just letting everyone know the situation that was at hand. I am not making your decision for you or excuses for him. I just want everyone to be aware of what did happen. And then on the football field, I don't think he really has to redeem much. He's never had a bad he's never had a bad year. His other question was the new offensive scheme and how it will affect our offense. Todd Munkin's offense in layman's terms terms is Hail Marys. <laughs> Obviously there's a lot more to that and I'm uh in the midst of writing an article right now. Uh I don't want to speak too in depth about this because I don't want to screw anything up and give false information, but I'm in the midst of watching the offense after Freddie Kitchens uh film from the Browns and I'm watching Munkin's uh film from the Bucks, and as bad as the Bucks were last year, their offense was not bad. Their quarterbacks were pretty bad, intercepting, uh, throwing a lot of interceptions. And in Munkin's offense, there, what I've seen so far, there are a lot of opportunity turnover opportunities for defense. But you need that quarterback that's at that next level that can avoid them. That's why you bring in Todd Munkin to a team with Baker Mayfield, who. Did throw, I think it was off the top of my head, 17 interceptions last year. But guys, a couple of those games, he just made rookie mistakes and he was trying to throw a 14-point touchdown. You know, He was trying to come back. And he'll learn from those. He'll learn from it. So I will have an article and I will talk later in a different podcast in depth about how it does affect our offense. But what you can expect is a lot of yards from Baker Mayfield. I think Callaway is going to have a very big year. He's going to play a Deshaun Jackson-esque role. But he's a lot stronger than Deshaun Jackson about the same speed. So expect a lot of high-powered offense. A lot of throws on first down. Which... The Browns have not had that in a long, long time. Next question was from, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing this because he's been a great follow so far. Very interactive. Thank you so much. Go give him a follow. It's, I think it's an Oach dog. Tweet me back how to pronounce it. I'm so sorry, but it's E-N-O-C-H-D-A-W-G. Guy's a great follow. He said, 
Do you see Duke becoming trade bait after the season if Chubb Hunt work well? It's a great question. However, I don't know that... I can see Duke being trade bait right now. But if the season with Chubb and Hunt work well and Duke is still on the team, I don't see him becoming trade bait then unless the Browns can convince Hunt to take a hometown discount on a team that took a chance on him at a time where no one else would. Because, guys, if Kareem Hunt has the type of year that he's capable of having, someone will offer him three years, nine, ten a year, and not even drop a, not even blink. I mean, he's worth it. Now, can the Browns get him for, can they say, come on, one more year, we'll give you eight mil, we'll guarantee six of it, um, prove it, go get your huge contract, but you got to prove it, you only, you only had eight games. If they can pull that heist off, then absolutely I see Duke being trade bait. Duke is a good, Duke is a dynamic player. The problem is they don't want to use Duke as a running back. They want to use him as a receiving back. And I don't think Duke loves that all that much because he knows he can run. Averages four, averages five yards per carry last year on 40 carries. He was good. And he is good. And he's a great receiving back. But it's too predictable the way they use him. And I think he doesn't like that. So to answer the question, if they can get Hunt to take a hometown hometown kind of, come on, we took a chance on you discount, then I can see him being trade bait, Duke being trade bait, because Kareem Hunt is blows Duke Johnson out of the water, talent-wise. So, great question. Um, We got two more questions. Um, then it was, This was from Ryan Parsons on Twitter. Should set the will debate whether set the valve will be on the roster next year or not, guys. I'm just like you, I like set the valve a lot, but they don't seem to like him. He had a total of 90 snaps last year, he's always just kind of been a giant afterthought. So, rationally, I don't see him being on the roster next year. If you're like me and play Madden, you love Seth the Valve because he catches everything on that game. But this isn't Madden. And unless Freddie Freddie Kitchens wants to utilize him in a more serious manner, I don't see him being on the roster next year. The last question. Will Freddie be just another Browns coach? What he meant by that is, is he just going to be another two-year, you're not good, split? Guys, I don't think so. I think we found our guy. Everyone wants the Sean McVay, the young, handsome, offensive guy. And if you've shook Sean McVay's hand, you're qualified for a coaching job. (coughs) Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. (coughs) Who couldn't even win in college. Um... I think what most people, especially in the big-time media, are failing to consider is Freddie Kitchens is a lot like Sean McVay. Freddie Kitchens is an offensive mind, offensive mind, 
He'd never had a head coaching job before this. And he is real and knows how to handle his players. Those are Sean McVay's biggest traits. I, he's not a defensive mastermind. He just has Aaron Donald. His offense is very good. It, they they use their players very well. Freddie Kitchens? Who knows? He might be a pretty good defensive mind. But he's always been on the offensive side of the ball, so it makes you wonder. And Freddie on offense, just like Sean McVay, uses his players very well. In fact, like I said earlier, he literally asks his players, what do you guys want to run? Players bond to these kinds of coaches. They feel close to these kinds of coaches. I Obviously, the NFL and high school basketball are much different. But my high school basketball coach was the same way. I still talk to him to this day. He... He's like a second dad to all of us. He was real with us. He didn't ever lie to us. And he would ask us in big, big situations. He would look at our point guard. What do you think is going to work? What has been working? What are they taking away? And from experience, I can say that made me want to play harder. There are some coaches like Popovich that can make it work with uh, Tom Izzo. That are yellers. That's how they get people going. And then there are coaches like Sean McVay. Freddie Kitchens. um, Going back to basketball. Brad Stevens. Steve Kerr. They don't have to yell. They know that they're going to. Their players are going to bust their ass for them. Because they trust me. And I trust them. That's what you get with Freddie Kitchens. I don't think he can be just another coach. Because he is special. You, there's this thing about Freddie Kitchens when you watch him. If you watch an interview with him, you just think, good Lord, I'd like to sit down and have a beer with that guy. He just amazes me. He never fumbles on words. He never looks at, in his introductory press conference, he didn't use notes. And he's never... He never backtracked on something that he said. And this is my favorite, one of my favorite lines from him. I have a lot of favorite lines from Freddie Kitchens, but this is one of my favorite. He said, on Building the Browns, someone asked if he was nervous. John Dorsey asked, are you nervous for the introductory press conference? He looks at John and goes, nah, learned a long time ago, you don't have to be nervous if you're not going to lie. Nothing to be nervous about. And I was just like, wow. Guys, we've... I was thinking to myself, the Browns really got one. We finally got a football, dude. (laughs) It's been, ooh, 24 years since Belichick and Saban and all those guys, and we finally got him. So I do not think Freddie Kitchens is going to be just another guy. Great question, though. That is all I have for episode three. Um, Like I said, 
we have some guests coming on very soon. Um, couple of them, people that are very close to me. Um, have a few on Twitter that have reached out to me that I had never knew before this, but that's what makes this all the better, meeting new people. Uh, so we're going to get guests on here. Um, hopefully got some things cooking up. Uh, there, Things are rolling. We're getting there, but I just want to thank you guys again for all the support. Uh, like I said, the the following has been crazy so far. Uh, I'm just glad I get an opportunity to do this and someone out there is... People out there are crazy enough to listen to me. But go check out the Twitter page, at DogCheckPod. And on there, links to you know, Spotify, Podbean, however you're listening to this. Um, I've got an article up right now about Freddie Kitchens, what he brings. And, and I thank you guys again for listening. As always... Dog check.